It's the Saturday Friends Club. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome once more to your favorite podcast on the entire internet for talking about stuff that you've seen before. This is the Saturday Friends Club. All right, cool. Right. Are we now, wait? What kind of like show are we now? She, we, she just got back from a cowboy bar. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, so I like cowboys. I, I, I bet you do. <laughs> well, Cow- hey, I like cowgirls, so, you know. Okay, <laughs> before we get off the rails, I'm Josh. Sabrina's here. So uh, we have uh, Eric and Martin sharing a microphone. So yeah, we're this is a like very, a barbershop quartet podcast. It's now. very yes. intimate, actually. It is. Yeah, it's very. Very and they're pressed up against each other. Uh, each other. It's very nice. Um, this week, uh, or this three-episode span that we have, is actually going to be Friends Choice. Uh, it is a span that we decided to bring in our Patreon friends, bring in some of our past guests, and go ahead and have them either return or to bring up some stuff. Uh, so the episodes we've got coming up are Krull, DuckTales, and We're Back, A Dinosaur Story. <laughs> You guys seem to def- <laughs> you guys seem to deflate there at the end. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. No. Well, All right. there'll, be, there'll be certain people who are no longer friends after that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, to go ahead and introduce us to Kroll, uh, he is uh, one of our returning guests, also uh, a member of the gaming website I super enjoy, GiantBomb.com, and also a former member of the former site Screened uh, for movie reviews. It's Matt Rory. Hey, how you doing? Hey, man. How you been? Not bad. I I rewatched a scroll on Friday, and I I have opinions. The first, like right off the bat, we have to ask: Do you regret like picking this for us? No, not at all. Okay. No, even if I people don't think it's good, I think that there are a lot of things to talk about about this movie. So <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not unhappy at all. Yeah, that's I think that's fair. And I mean, you said on when we did Willow, like, oh, we need to do Kroll next, and I was like, all right, uh, get ready to get Krolled, and we were. Oh boy, dude, dude, yep. it's a it's a it's a movie, and yes. we have a lot of stuff to talk about. So let's uh, get into it. And we're ready. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So uh, Matt, go ahead and tell us uh, what was your first exposure. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, you, you fell down a crawl hole one day, like you woke up was, wet. It was weird. You know, it was. It's like the. It's like the. Uh, this an episode. He goes into like the. He goes into like the the black magic shop and the, he passes over the monkey paw and it's the. It's like the VHS copy of. He Krull. just woke up with a picture of Liam Neeson on his pillow. Like crawl. Crawl is one of those movies, and we'll talk about it more as we go along. But crawl is one of those movies that obviously. And I'll say this as we go. It's it's definitely somebody saw Star Wars and wanted to make a fantasy version of that. But then there's so much other weird, weird shit about it. Um, it's a fascinating movie to talk about. Not a, I wouldn't say a great movie. It's watchable. But I have no idea the first time I saw it. But even the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, that's Star Wars. <laughs> as a rip star wars is already a ripoff of you know man uh hero with a thousand faces it's a influenced movie of like japanese cinema Kroll is a movie that just kind of is so derivative of of movies that were derivative of other things it's so bizarre uh i can't wait to talk about it it's like yeah. a 
photocopy of a photocopy. It's like we're, we're losing, exactly. We're losing it's, something it's super weird. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Lucas used Willow as a photocopy. This is just like the third distance of just like I don't know. We just kind of had a scanner and we went to town and on then, it. And yeah. then Howard the Duck was a photocopy of his butt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Sabrina, you had you actually had past experience with Kroll and didn't know it. How did tell us how Kroll hurt you? It didn't hurt me. I just remember watching it when I was younger. Like I don't remember the first half, but once we got to the scene with the spider, like I remember seeing that and then on. Like I didn't remember I don't even know it was crawl. I didn't know what it was, but I definitely remember that scene because it had the friggin' spider in it. It's it's a movie of like moments. So it's like every ten minutes something different is happening and none of it really flows very well. But no, it's, no, it's no. yeah, it's it's a weird movie. Josh just checked his notes, and no, it does not add up. Yeah, I, I don't normally take notes for these, but I just had to sit there going like, so what the hell just happened? I, I, I will speak for Mags, who's not here for this episode, but they would definitely say this is a movie about a series of things that happened. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right, so let's go ahead and get down to it. This is going to be a very exciting and very bizarre venture. Let's get into this movie. So let's go ahead and uh, get into the uh, movie of Krull. Oh, I actually did not pull up the details. So I got it. Oh, you got oh, it. Martin's awesome. On this one. Martin's on the case. Yes. All right. So, so what's, what's the details of Kroll? Kroll is a 1983 British-American science fantasy swashbuckler film directed by Peter Yates and produced by Ron Silverman with a screenplay by Stanford Sherman. It follows the journey. Wait. So Peter Yates, I feel like that name is uh, familiar. Maybe because I'm thinking of the guy who directed the last two Harry Potter movies. But what, what else has Peter Yates done? Let's take, I'll take a look while Martin does the uh, the other search. Sure, sorry. <laughs> oh yeah, no worries. We're we're consulting all of the internet right now. Yes, it follows a journey of Vince Colwyn Colwyn and his group of outlaws on the planet Kroll to save future Queen Princess Lissa from a creature named the Beast and his constantly teleporting lair named the Black Fortress. I I just want to say like right off the bat like. The entire movie is named after, like, I think they used the the, the name Kroll is used, like, once in this movie. It's the name of the planet that they're on. Yeah, it's just, it's like, it's, it, but it's such, like, it's a name that's such at odds with the rest of the movie. It's, like, why is it, it's called Kroll. Oh, it's the name of the planet, but it's, like, a weird, it's, like, a weird name that doesn't make any sense. Like, nope. it's such a strange name just yes. to be, like, what's going to be the tentpole of our thing? I know, Kroll. <laughs> Like Kroll is like a is a is a, I think a fitting kind of quasi word for this movie, right? So uh, let's see. To look over here at Peter Yates. Peter Yates is known for Bullet, The Dresser, Kroll, and Breaking Away. Okay, so Wait, you, are you are you kidding me? The guy who made Bullet with a uh, with a. Uh, uh... Uh, the San Francisco Chase movie, Bullet? Like B U L. Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen? Are you kidding me? I did not know that at all. That <laughs> uh, That is amazing. Bullet has one of the. Actually, this is really funny because Bullet has one of the best uh, car chase scenes ever, but it also has a car chase scene that is uh, fantastically uh, disconnected. Like, you ever see that movie, you know how San Francisco works. They cut 
through all of San Francisco. The chase scene goes from like uh, the Embarcadero to South San Francisco, and what? yeah, yes, it, oh, it, it's a four or five minute car chase scene that is wow. basically would take you about an hour to get through all the different places they go, which makes a lot of sense when you think about Carl. <laughs> I'm I, I I I'm sorry I didn't look that up before, but that that is makes makes a lot yeah, of sense. No, yeah. Bullet's like the, if you if you're like a car guy or a Steve McQueen guy, you've seen Bullet. Yep. Bullet is Bullet is. Uh, I would say you know car chase scenes. There's Ronin, French Connection, and Bullet are kind of the top three. But uh, yeah. And so sorry. Oh no worries. <laughs> and then one of the notes here is actually about Peter Yates. Peter Yates directing on Kroll differed from his previous films that were more realistic. He took the challenge of directing a motion picture like Kroll since he could only rely on his imagination instead of doing research. Wow. <laughs> which, which is such a, like, I mean, Kroll is basically a documentary when you think about it. It made perfect sense to you, me. You've got the same research that went into An Inconvenient Truth right in Kroll. I mean, I mean, when he's like, when they're like walking around and dudes have like laser swords and motorcycle helmets, I'm like, yeah, it, it all tracks for me. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, Everything works. Yep. <laughs> so let's go ahead and start with the events inside of Scroll. Uh, Kroll. Uh, this is great because we open up to some exciting music of some petrified wood floating through the sky. I I, I would like to say like, okay, it's like this is you know 100. This is the Star Destroyer from the opening of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. But yep. like while that had kind of like the music kind of built and it was ominous, this is like. The full orchestra is out, and it's it's very, like, happy and, like, lyrical as we're watching this giant, like, brown space rock kind of, like, sail past the screen. So it's like, did they put the wrong music in here? This is, like, totally at odds with the mood of the scene. Yay, check out the uh, model we made. The first first thing we have to say is that this movie is basically Star Wars uh, as fantasy. Like, every beat, every moment is basically a... Some of these all watch Star Wars. I don't know why it took them six years, but this is the the, the hero's journey uh, times a thousand, but... But, yeah, you, hopefully you all know what I'm saying. This is the Star Wars, uh, the original A New Hope, remade as a fantasy movie, and it's so blatant and so obvious that it's really hard to be upset about it i suppose i mean they're um, not, yeah they're not like they're they're like this is what we're doing better yeah, sit back and yeah enjoy. yep strap in. um evil empire uh princess in distress um we'll we'll get into more of that before but the the most obvious thing about this movie is that it was uh somebody saw star wars and like that movie made a bunch of money let's make that again as a fantasy movie and do it halfway competently yeah, yeah. I, I would say also if you've seen uh, the one of the newer Mystery Science Theaters, and they actually did it before, but that movie Star Crash, which is like an Italian science fiction movie, which is just one hundred percent a ripoff of Star Wars. Like everyone, I've seen it. Everyone, it, it's I, I've seen it cold, and it is amazing. But like that's like everyone was so like thirsty to make the next Star Wars mm-hmm. that there's so many <laughs> ripoffs from that period. It's really odd. I mean, I think when Star Wars came out, the first one, uh, he talked very much about. Uh, uh, Campbell, what's his name? Uh, 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 hero, with a th- hero with a thousand Kurosawa. faces. Uh, uh, no, Kurosawa, but also Campbell was the guy who made the the book about uh, how myth uh, throughout human history has all been the same. Oh, and it's yes. always very. Uh, I forget uh, Campbell something. Uh, and then that movie made a bunch of money, and people kind of thought the the uh, the template was there to make. Kind of like Marvel movies are people ought to say Marvel movies now are very similar and very samey. 
because they have a template. Uh, but after Star Wars came out, people he talked very much about. Uh, oh God, I gotta look it up. But the Hero of the Thousand Faces, and this movie is very much like a cookie cutter kind of. Here's a hero. Here's his journey. Here's his uh, his master who tells him what to do. And here's his big payoff at the end when he uh, overcomes the challenges they have has in front of him. Uh, and it's totally shameless is yeah. the amazing thing about it. But it's also kind of interesting to see. The only way I can enjoy Kroll is to watch it with the, the frame of reference of Star Wars before it. Star Wars is a movie that you can watch and you look at the reference of, you know, the Hidden Fortress and all the movies that he uh, Lucas was looking at when he kind of made Star Wars. Kroll is not nearly as competent as Star Wars at all. But if you watch it with the frame of reference to the purely, you know, Star Wars, I think that Lucas had a, a very kind of artistic influence by Kurosawa. And uh, I want to say, I keep on want to say Richard Campbell, but I don't think that's true. But uh, And then Kroll is a movie where people wanted to make money out of a movie. And like, what can we do? Because Star Wars made a bunch of money. How much can we ape it? And it doesn't really work at all, but it's still fascinating. Yeah, well, it, I mean, it's it, it clearly sorry. Uh, clearly, people like the designers put in a lot of work in this movie, oh, and yeah. it, and it was kind of sad because the rest of the movie is such garbage. Yeah, but it's yeah. like design wise, I, I I wanted to say also like I think we've talked about this this weird like genre of eighties fantasy movies. This movie looks like uh, I would say, I would put it somewhere between Lady Hawk and Dune. Oh, Lady. It's it, it's everything. It's like Lady Hawk, and everything is like way too clean, and like everything kind of the the color is just like a little bit too bright. But then it's also Dune, and that everyone is like it's like a you know it's oh it's like a it's like a you know Byzantine fantasy movie, but it's in space, and it's like it's got the aspect of it. So it's kind of like a Lady Hawk if you have the aspect of Dune, where everyone is wearing nonsense, and it's like the, there's just totally nonsensical blending of like kind of fantasy and science fiction. And I mean, and I mean, like the Dune movie, not the not the book itself. The book's amazing. But there, there are straight up like stormtroopers in this movie, like the the, oh, yeah. the all the people with the, the, the laser slayers. beams and everything. The yeah, stalker, yeah, the, the slayers. Slayers. Yeah. Stalkers. <laughs> the slayers. The slayers are just like guys in like padded suits with motorcycle yeah. helmets. Well, yeah. let's get let's get Wait, to that. Well, actually, just one more point before okay. we do go. But um, on the point of money, though, I was surprised <laughs> to find out how much the budget was for this movie. A lot. Forty-seven million dollars. Yikes! And in eighty, I'm not eighty-three. Eighty-three. That's a, with like a, twenty different unique sets. That's a that's a big budge right there. <laughs> and there are, I'm really not super surprised by the uh, the amount. I mean, that's pretty high for eighty-three, eighty-two. But yeah, um, you see all the there's been a history of Hollywood where you know, hey, somebody's gonna make a comet movie where Comet crashes into the earth and, and it, immediately everybody else kind of takes it over, but 43 million is like, oh man, that's actually that's what, 200, 250 million in like 2010 dollars or something like that? It's, it's a uh, lot. And then, but but it actually, it's a, it's a movie that looks really good. Like uh, the, the mountain scene is really amazing and the, a lot of the fight scenes are there's some really cheap looking stuff, but it, for for the most part 82 movie, that movie looks actually pretty good, pretty fun. Yeah, it it looks good, and it like and it's like the set design and the people who did because this movie is like all sound stages. Yeah, if um, only the story wasn't garbage. Yeah, I I, yeah. Like, I, yeah. I really like the interiors of the fortress at the end, and like oh, this is like cool, and it's like 
it's it's alien and different and it's cool and they do like weird kind of artsy stuff with it but then the rest of the movie is just such like what come on yeah come on, all right so uh, as said we have some petrified wood that then lands on a 40k table <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it lands it lands on a pool table with some model trees <laughs> yeah uh we have some stuff about a prophecy blah 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 we're introduced to lissa who is going to turn into our uh sanctity womb uh later in in the movie she's got that she got that medieval perm going on yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I wrote here introduced to Meridia. Uh, wow. because, yeah. <laughs> just to pull. We went to Disneyland recently, so I felt a reference was necessary. Okay, but her hair's curly because she was born with curly hair. It wasn't an 80s perm. I know, but she's, she's dressed like a. She's dressed like a. What, from a total eclipse of the heart? <laughs> That's what she looks like to me. What's the well, no, the, the ultimate thing to talk about with the uh, the princess in the movie is that all of her lines were dubbed over by somebody else, <laughs> oh, which is which is an amazing choice for your lead actress. The basically the only female speaking part in the entire movie. Uh, they they hired this woman. I, I I'm pretty sure I didn't haven't read the IMDb trivia, but all of her voice, everything was dubbed over in the end, which is very obvious and very noticeable. And it's super, super, super weird to see a princess talking to a, a, a disembodied voice, but also having all of her dialogue dubbed over. That That's when bizarre. your casting has gone very, very wrong. That is bizarre. Wow. The, the actress playing the princess is like 17 in this, in, like, in, in when this movie was made, right? I think, I think it was like she was super young, and I don't know, maybe she, they, she, they cast her like, oh, she's perfect. She comes in, she's got, and she like has some ridiculous Brooklyn accent or something. <laughs> Oh, just, God. Has, just has an accent from Monty Python. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, it, yeah, and then they're like, oh, mm, uh, we're going to have to dub that. <laughs> so we've got a marriage to unify the kingdoms from a threat. Uh, the marriage is going to happen at Sugar Cube Castle. At, well, in the at castle, like everything, uh, like everything's kind of slanty because it's a weird alien castle and it's all white. And they like they gloss over like they make no attempt to show you what this world is. These kingdoms are. Oh. Or why he's there. I mean, like, at least with Independence Day and everything like that, like, the aliens are there to take over the resources uh, resources of Earth. Right. This movie is just kind of like, hey, I want to be here now, and I want to war all over the world, and I want a princess. Yeah. It, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make much sense at all. I also, like, I think it's odd that, like, okay, so the fortress, like, flies to the planet and lands and then begins teleporting around. Sure. This this feels very video game level E. <laughs> I feel like they just needed to come up with like a real bad reason that they couldn't just attack it directly. Yeah. So let's let's really quick give over uh, that bit of the plot of of Crawl. If you haven't seen it, like uh, basically the 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 main character is this dude. I forget his name to be honest with you. Uh, Colin. Uh, he's get, Colin. He he's getting married to a princess. As he's getting married, stormtroopers come in. Kidnap the princess for their super weird king, who lives in a fortress that teleports away every day at noon or uh, dawn. And at the end, uh, at basically what he says is like, I have to go rescue my princess and kill the bad guy. And I have to find people who are going to help out. And the entire like middle 90 minutes of this movie is like, how can I get to this bad guy? But the really fascinating thing about this movie is the, they, <laughs> it's just so bizarre. He, he, knows what he has to do he has one friend his like a uh, advisor and they keep on finding different people having different challenges they overcome that challenge they find a different challenge they find a different challenge and they can't overcome that and then it's 
it's I want to say slapdash, but it really feels like a movie where um there are somebody had like hey we need to have a, every 10 minutes is a different thing a new every character. 10 minutes there's a different thing and the weird thing is the cast is really great Liam Neeson Robbie Coltrane uh you know uh, there's a lot of weird people floating up in the background it felt like their first my first real movie um but it's it's super weird and Robbie Coltrane like shows up and is like so not part of this movie like he's just like a guy with a vest and like a close cropped haircut he's like oh, even, liam, even liam neeson just kind of like a, he's there he probably was like hey uh, i worked on a, a broadway or you know whatever the british version of broadway is and i i i got i got paid 20 grand to show up for three days he's great he's fine but it's it's so bizarre to see these really notable actors in the background Considering all the main actors, I have no idea what they've done since or before. Yeah, we, but... we checked and it's not much. Yeah, um, yeah. The, I would say also the, uh, the the lead character is the one who's getting us through this entire movie. He kind of looks like uh, if Benedict Cumberbatch was undergoing like top secret training to become a member of the Bee Gees. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's like the, no, he's... he really looks like a he really looks like Richard Chamberlain, um, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with, but he's a very famous kind of British actor from the 80s and uh, and 90s. But he is kind of anonymously good looking, which is yeah. all you can. But could, Richard Richard Chamberlain, could he wear those pants like that? Could he get away with? Oh, it? dude, there's a there's a scene at the end where they're climbing up that that uh, those pants are tight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't complaining. Yeah, I was. Uh, <laughs> I was either. I, I was really happy. I could not make that look work. That is for certain. Nope. He's uh, a very good-looking guy, but it, it it's it's I I can't even describe unless people see this movie. It's it's very much a we're going from not point. You know the the three act structure for movies is the uh, the opening is very normal and calm. There's a complication. Uh, act two is all about finding a way to resolve the complication. Act three is the uh, complication has been solved, and how do we deal with all the uh, the, the things that are going on? Here it's it's just like there's, wow, there's like, we need horses. Yeah, it's just super bizarre. How do we solve this problem? Yeah, there's there's so many different problems they have to solve, and it's all very interesting. But it's it's just wow. It felt like uh, somebody had you know a script they they kept on throwing weird different moments into that they had to do. Yeah, so you like, say the 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 the, uh, the, uh, the the budget was like fifty million. It felt like almost they had to fill that. They had the budget before they wrote the script. Like, how do we make enough different weird shit to get into the fifty million dollar range? Because this movie could have been really simple. It, it yeah, there's like there's instead of a second act, there's like five second acts, and they're all just yes. like, no, we have to go find the the old man in the cave, and then he'll tell us where this is, and then we'll go to that cave, and then he's like, no, but I can't. But how about another scene change where I take you to the sawdust like bog, <laughs> the bo- the, bo- the bog of oatmeal. <laughs> Ooh. There's a uh, you know uh, quicksand and horses and they're traveling all the way around and it is it's just a we talked a little bit earlier about a about um a never ending story which feels very much like a movie that had kind of a beginning and an end and this movie uh you know crawl just feels like it was a movie that kind of felt like focus tested i suppose is one of the ways to put it 
Um, I don't know if you agree or disagree, but uh, I'm, I'm still like... just trying to figure out if it had any focus at all. I, I also like before we get any further. I want to also say that like what is what is supposed to be a big part of this movie and is not at all is the glaive. Oh like, yeah, oh yeah. No, no, it goes away. He finds it and then like use that when you need to use it. You will know. Like the lightsaber in very much intended to be kind of that uh, you know weapon that will help you overcome your challenges. Go get the glaive. He he crawls up a, a mountain. That takes maybe five minutes of walking, watching a dude crawling up a mountain. And it's like it's, uh, it's like it's beautiful. Valley. It looks really good. It looks really good. It's like this weird New Zealand kind of a thing. But then he goes to get it. He puts his hand on lava, and then it goes away until the end of the movie. How, <laughs> How does he you know don't even to see it again? He sees like a, the outline of a star in this lava, and he just knows to plunge his hand into it. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I, gonna, I'm gonna put my hand in there. Well, he knows, no, he knows what it looks like, though, because remember, the symbol of his kingdom was the glaive. Oh, I, I got that, but, like, how does he know that, like, oh, I should, I, if I put my hand through this lava, it'll be fine. The old man probably told him. <laughs> that, old, that old man didn't seem, like, particularly helpful at first. No, like, no. He was, my, my family died. He's like, get over it. Don't grieve. We got stuff to do. Your king be a man. He felt like he was, like this was like the second movie in his docket. And then he's like, I got to go help another like heroic character through his star Wars struggle. And they're like, <laughs> we, we gotta, we gotta wrap this up guys. Like, and cause he just got like, cause Prince uh, hot pants kind of like wakes up and he's like, Oh, my, everyone's dead. And it's just an old guy here. He's like, yeah, yeah. You need to go uh, find the bad guy. You need the glaive. Uh, go up there and get that. And then you'll go do this. All right. Bye-bye. And he like, he just kind of like bounces out of the movie. It's pretty much like bare minimum effort. Yes. Can, can I say though that first fight scene? Is I got terrible. I got strong Robin Hood vibes from that fight scene. Oh, 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 oh really? Sorry, yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a shot for shot copy of like the the old like Robin Hood Bezel Rathbone Earl Flynn. Well, I mean, there was even a part up... where he swung off of a, like a like it looked like a copy of that scene from the classic Robin Hood movie where yeah. he swings down the stairs on a rope. Right. And then yep. attack somebody. Like you do. Okay. And then, like, the that, how each Slayer died. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, like, yeah. super gruesome. Wait, 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 wait. Can I, can I do an impression go of for it. Yeah, Go for it. Go <laughs> Every time. It's like, it, it sounds like R2-D, R2-D2 getting shot with a yes. uh, uh, laser blaster. Pretty every much. time they die. And it's the same every, sound fight by, for everyone. Every There's not one. a difference. Yeah. We, we should totally talk about the Slayers, though, because they are everywhere in the world, and they're totally, they're A1, they're totally Stormtrooper clones from Star Wars, but they are also, like, because the laser blasters are the same goddamn thing. They're, yeah, they are the guys who failed Stormtrooper school. hanging out at the bottom of swamps to, like, rise up as people are going by. <laughs> it, they are, they're the most fascinatingly anonymous kind of uh, villains, because it, uh, I don't even know how to describe them. They're, well, they're amazing. I would almost say that they're like the opposite of stormtroopers because whereas stormtroopers have like a menacing look, but overall in Star Wars, they end up being a non-issue because they can never hit anything. Like everyone mm -hmm. constantly dies by these things, but they are just the like dumbest rubber mask, like goofs you would ever <laughs> like they're like they're literally waddling towards people. Right. They're wildly shooting their lasers. Well, much. plus they make a big point of showing like the the glass of their helmet exploding and this weird goopy shit coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the little 
They never explained that. But they never, like, went into more details. Like, why are you showing this to me? Is this important? Because they show it a couple times where they come out and then they slide into the ground, whatever was inside their helmet. Uh, Right. So, like, what's the deal with those? Are those, like, some kind of, like, in, like, some fucking... Weird parasite. Yeah, parasite that's, like, going into the ground and then, like, corrupting some of the other... Uh, soldiers. Yeah, is it converting <laughs> people to their side I'll, I'll by taking the, over their bodies? I'll share the detail that helped me get to this movie because I, I watched this with a couple of people and like the most common questions were constantly asked were like, what just happened and what is happening? <laughs> and our response to it was just to shout troll! Because that's just like, you know, like, why did why did that guy die and then turn into a bunch of goo? Like, troll! Yeah, that's, that's, that's all the explanation you need. Uh, and why do the good guys not have any lasers? Well, they had like their swords make red lightning bolts when they hit each other, but like oh, the swords, look, uh, the swords look like plastic. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was like for the for the stormtrooper guys, it was like they had they were like bayonetas. So it was like first it shoots lasers, then they turn it around. It was a sword. They, they walk like they've all taken a dump in their spacesuits. <laughs> like, they have to kind of like dump, 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 and, like shuffle around. You too, Larry. Shut up. I mean, I felt like it was so distracting though when they were fighting because every time they would make contact with another person, there would be this weird red lightning. Like, okay, I could understand the red lightning when they're dying, but having it happen and the stupid sound effect happening every time their weapons hit was so distracting in those fight scenes. Like, I felt like it could have been taken away and it would have been better without that. It helped paste over the fact that the fight scenes were, like, awful, even by 80 movie standards. It was, was like, a lot of, like, crowd-sized jostling going on. It was pretty bad. Uh, let's see. Um, I'm going through my notes real quick. There is one very important character that we should no, ter- talk about. And his name is Ergo the Magnificent. Oh, yes. oh, low, low of stature and high um, of whatever. Uh, high mind. And wide of ability and narrow and focus. I don't know. <laughs> Mr. Useless. All he does this entire movie is he befriends the Cyclops and he makes a child happy by turning into a puppy. That was so sweet, though. Yeah, turning into a puppy, also a a leopard at the end. A tiger. 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 Oh, yeah, that that got me because I were watching that and then, like, he turns into a tiger and, like, why would like the Slayers shouldn't have any problem with a tiger? Like they have a laser gun. But they were totally scared of the tiger. They were like, oh no. He walks up and like. He walks up and growls at them, and they back away. Like you have a you have a laser gun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have power armor. <laughs> you have. If you haven't seen this movie, people listening, like you haven't seen this movie. At the end, it gets very very bizarre. There's oh, oh. Uh, the, okay. The, so oh. imagine, imagine the scenes from Star Wars when they're like infiltrating the Death Star, but the inside of the Death Star looked like the inside of a colon. <laughs> that's, that's, wow. that's what this movie looks like. But a really pretty colon. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, it's made of the finest fiberglass. It was the poshest colon you've yeah. ever seen. And and then at the very end, when they finally get to, like, the big bad guy's room, it feels like, like some M.C. Escher, like, weird spikes and, like... I feel like they ran... They, even with all the budget, they somehow ran out of money for the ending because the ending was so terribly, like, just awful and put together. Oh, my God. It's like, okay, the bad guy is always, like, blurry and backwards projected onto some fog or something, and, like... I think it's because the thing, the, the prosthetics they made for the creature probably didn't look that good. It came out so, like, no. So they were no, like, it no. Looks like, it looks like a goddamn, uh, like a baby that... It, it looks like an, uh, uh, what's the name? Uh, who did the uh, design for Alien? Uh, Geiger. HR Geiger. Geiger, like, made, made, Geiger baby, and yeah. it's a hu- superhuman-sized baby. 
Man, it looked weird. And also the the end fight scene, they couldn't obviously have him doing a sword play with a you know twenty foot tall baby, but <laughs> so they decided like so he throws the glaive, everything blows up, and then they're all of a sudden in this weird like st- uh, caves, stalactite cave. Oh, we I have to give you the flame for my wrist, and here's you have to get the flame to the the bad guy. This this was it, such nothing, a, like nothing made any sense. Yeah, this was such a like wait what? It, it, it would be like at the end of the first Star Wars movie, and it, when when which like. It, it would be like if Obi-Wan suddenly busted out, like, force lightning. And, like, wait, where did this come from? Like, they yep. did it at the beginning, but it's like, oh, this is some sort of wedding well, ceremony. This, it's like, this would be equivalent to, like, if they would have found out that the, instead of actually having to hold lightsabers, they could turn their arms into lightsabers. And then, like, yeah, project. And, like, the flames are, like, badly composited, and they're constantly, like, flickering, and, like, they're not tracking correctly. So it looks really bad. Oh yeah, that's the thing. Like all, a lot of the practical effects actually look really good. The scene yes. designs look good, but all of the like, all the of the effects. special effects are awful. The horse riding scene oh. was just like, look at these horses on a really bad green screen with oh, some fire that was... effects that we put under them. I felt bad so for just, horses. So, just so people know what we're talking about, in case they haven't seen this movie, uh, this this fortress will teleport all around the planet every day at morning. And nobody knows where it's going to be. In order to find it, they have to have a dude talk to a spider lady. He gets eaten by a spider at the end, or he, I forget, he has a dust in his hand. And they find out where the fortress is going to be. And at the, the who, it could be anywhere on the planet. They're like, oh, it's going to be on the fucking plains of uh, blah, blah, blah. It's like the Iron Desert or something, I think. Yes. Was. And somebody says, oh, we have to get the fire horses of, of wherever we are. So they. With it, everything happens within like twelve hours. It's amazing. They it's, find the fire horses, they saddle them up, and they do. They ride through the air to get to. Them. Oh it's, yeah, they do that jump off of like a cliff and then just start flying through the air. It's oh, so dumb. It's man. Well, it's, it's like yeah, they, like we we must go find the mayors of plot convenience. And it <laughs> was mean, like you know you know the, the the whole thing is that but what, what people say about a lot of movies like this yeah you have to turn your brain off you can't really think about it too much and i always find that to be a very kind of offensive thing to say like you shouldn't have to turn right. your brain off to enjoy a movie like it, it should make have logical consistent sense if you're gonna watch a movie that you you know paid 10 bucks to go see right uh, I crawl, think, yeah i think i didn't pay anybody to see crawl so i'm kind of <laughs> like wow, this is going places I did not expect it to go. None of it makes sense, but it's also kind of super enjoyable in a way that it it is, uh, uh, you know, it, it felt like somebody was on acid when they read the script, and I, 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 I can't hate it for being inconsistent. I kind of enjoy the weird, the super weird, you're just sitting there laughing at the entire thing. Well, that's what I think, I think that's a fair thing to say is like, you're never like you, you, this movie is not predictable. It's just like it's like oh I you know I bet the next scene they're gonna get some flaming horses and they're gonna ride against the green screen like you know what, yeah you're not gonna see that ahead of time. It's like oh well this movie is just going where it will. I mean and, I yeah. was I was more upset at the fact that every single horse had black feathered fetlocks even though there was like Which half so the horses cute. had white socks. So they should have had white fetlocks. Well, to go talk to the horses, that's not, that's not the set design's problem. No, yeah. those weren't real fetlocks. They added them to Big those boy. horses. <laughs> wow, that's okay. That's, Did I'm... you not notice how one horse had a white sock and it suddenly transitioned to black fetlocks and then you saw his white hoof picking out? I was more concerned with like the, the stunt guys who were like 
jumping off of cliffs and like one of them clearly does not I make it onto a horse. I was more concerned with the inconsistent color colors on these horses. <laughs> they, were, they were really mean to those horses. Like this, like horse up on slapped rocks. one. Did you see that? Yeah. He literally slapped one. And I was like, why did you just slap your horse? Why, why are you yelling at me? <laughs> like, not I got a, really upset not, when I saw Liam Neeson slap his horse. Sabrina like leaned away from a microphone. The, and was, like, there's just gonna, later there's just going to be a very angry Twitter post to Liam Neeson like, why did you slap that horse? 30 years ago. That was a nice horse. You monster. He <laughs> totally slapped that horse. I actually got really angry. I was like, how dare you slap Sweetie, that Sweetie, he horse. has a particular set of skills. <laughs> that horse, no, 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 that horse took his daughter. <laughs> and, you know, I, I don't mean to, like, bring up, like, uh, repeat the, the thing, but seeing Liam Neeson in, like, a 1982 movie, uh, just out of nowhere, he's not a main character. He doesn't, he's kind of a bit, a bit supporting actor. Uh, him and Robbie Coltrane just kind of, hey, I'm here. Yeah. Also, I, we, we should talk about the fact that they, they run into a gang of prisoners in the middle of nowhere and yeah. like, hey, do you want to join us on our journey? Yes, I want some gold too. It was the most like slapdash kind of like, hey, here, here's our army and we will find you and you will come with us. And there's no like reason for anybody to do anything in this movie except for the main character. And everybody else is just kind of like, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll I guess I'll go there because I'm supposed to because the script says we got nothing better. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, because one, or go ahead. As I say, even one of them points out like, why are we doing this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah Coltrane's just like, geez, why are we on this? Why are we following this guy? We're not getting anything out of it. We're not getting paid. We're not getting glory. It's the king of nothing. And what's very bizarre is that was what he was saying offset too. Yeah, I think that was maybe that was. Did he just not, like? Oh, we're rolling. Oh, okay. <laughs> But no, the, the the problem is, is like, so when we have that big giant group of, of, you know, bandits turned like patriots, like there's 10 of them. And because they're all just this giant dump of characters, you get zero, like zero information about any of them. Yeah, like yeah. this guy wears a spiky collar and seems to be the leader. This one has a bunch of wives we find out later. Like this one has a giant axe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would also want to, like, yeah, like, I mean, I would say aside from, like, like, aside from, like, the thieves and, you know, Hoover's in the, uh, Hoover's in the Slayer costumes, like, there's, like, not very many people in this movie. We never, we don't really see, like, the kingdom or what they're defending. It, no. Like, the no. first half of the movie always sees, like, their dumb castles and, like, which has, like, five guards who all, like, clank, clank, and clack their swords together. And I also like that the Slayers just, like, write up and, like, oh, did all of the guards go to the wedding ceremony? None of them are actually guarding. Well, I was also wondering that when the, when they were doing it, if, you know, the entire fact of like, yes, did all of them die? Also, are there no peasants? Like, is there no outside right. of this? And like, you're getting married to a different kingdom. Doesn't that other kingdom have people too? Well, like, yeah, the Slayer show up and like, it's not like it'd be hard to see them coming. They're, they ride horses in. Well, you know what? Kroll is not... But also the, Sorry, the ultimate question is, is why this, you know, the implication is this guy, the, the evil king has come from other planets and he's like done this before. Why does he want some princess? Like, is this like the ultimate goal for him? Like, he has to seduce. And also, she's there in the castle. He keeps on trying to like say, "Hey, you should be with me. You should be my princess." Like, there's no other way for him. He's kidnapped her and also wants to talk her into being his wife. Which, well, no, no, I'm not no. Saying there, this... there, there was a reason because supposedly he also heard the prophecy that said that she would birth. 
the ruler of the galaxy. So I think he, uh, so he wanted her yeah. because he knew that she would birth the ruler of the, the right. galaxy. He, she had the womb of destiny. Right. Yeah. That's another. Oh, that, that's another play. Like, oh yeah, rule the galaxy. These people know what a galaxy is. I mean, is that like the, the most like misogynistic thing to, to have? And like, a, yeah, get it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, women are, I literally, I think she's, she's not the only female speaking part in the entire movie. The other two female speaking parts are like the camp wives that are there to have sex with the, the dudes who are like taking a break. And I, I think that's the only two other, and the, the other uh, one, Spider Lady. Yeah. Uh, Spider Lady too. Spider Lady also like, oh man, you want to get into uh, like abortion politics? Holy shit. That <laughs> oh, Oh, yeah. The weirdest, like, you know, uh, hey, I, I had your child, but I killed it, and here's why I'm the, I'm not, I don't want to go there, but, like, oh, that went out of, came from yeah. fucking nowhere, and was the most, like, uncomfortable thing to see. <laughs> then that, yeah, that guy's lack of reaction was just totally bizarre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool, you kill my son, I, I, uh, I just get the answer like can you tell me where the, the fortune is going to uh, be uh, <laughs> wow that was, i i yeah. just remember that now that was a really weird beat yeah it's, it's just, just like cool listen <laughs> could, I'll, I'll just leave could you just text me the info i don't yeah i'm gonna go yeah. i'm gonna roll I, yeah. I need i need the dust in my hand but also yo kid oh i didn't want one anyways so so stab so yeah. spider like i mean this is the this is the 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 uh, the pro life agenda of uh, of Kroll. Yeah, <laughs> all, the, all the women doing abortions. Spider Queen. Oh, okay, um, so is is there any particular point that we still want to cover, or or do we think we that, that we've properly covered the madness wait, that so is Kroll? We should, we should talk about the Cyclops. Okay, the oh, Cyclops, God. the poor person that can't see you through the whole movie. Pretty much not. I mean, he shows up twice and like doesn't speak. He like the 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 the, the dumb wizard is like <gasps> and sees it, and the guy's just like, and the, the Cyclops just gives him this like. Yo, look, and he's like, oh, it runs away. No, I, I think the part that like gets me is the way in which he's introduced initially. So he's like stalking the group initially, right? And then it gets into the into the forest. And so when they're in the forest, um, our uh, our brilliant wizard is Ergo, his, Ergo the Magnificent, is picking some berries. And then the Cyclops, he sees, he spots the Cyclops, and the Cyclops takes his uh, his spear. Uh, battle, staff, his battle staff, I guess, and then he throws it across, and then um, uh, Ergo the Magnificent basically falls over and faints like a total puss, and then it just gets, and then it hits one of the slayers on the other side, and he's just like, wow, okay, at least the Cyclops is confident oh, and able to take out a slayer. That first scene makes no, like, it's so like, wait, what? There's no dialogue, it's just like, he sees a Cyclops, Cyclops throws a spear, he yeah. falls over, the spear hits the slayer, and that's it. Just cuts away. Like what? What? What just happened? Pretty much. It, it was just that. It was just like this. This total random encounter. And then there's no. There's no immediate follow up with the Cyclops. You're just like, okay. Yeah, I guess there's a Cyclops now in this movie. We're not even getting into like the old guy and then these new yeah. old guy. That's the thing. There's like so <laughs> many cares? tiny little like needless pieces of just like this and this and this, this and movie, this. This movie's like two hours long, and you could easily cut like forty five minutes. Just like it. at least forty five minutes of chat of just nonsense. Just, yeah. Pretty much, just complete and utter crap. Yeah, even the mouth. Fair, the the psychopath is really a really cool part of it. Like he he had a really good makeup, but also you could, like you said, the the poor dude who couldn't see anything the entire time. Like <laughs> yeah. whoever wore that makeup was goddamn blind He's for like eight hours a day. Oh, he was and, a champion. Yeah, 
Yeah, okay. Like, that happens in every, like, big uh, makeup-heavy movie from the alien dude from Alien couldn't see anything, I'm sure. The Predator probably couldn't see anything. But that dude especially had one big eye. And uh, it was... It, when he... Um, spoilers. Hopefully you've seen the movie about something Russia. Listen, we I mean, kind of expect the Darf, uh, that they're going to sure. be spoiled the hell out when, when he we talk. Back and, like, when he comes back at the end, like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you guys out. Like, he knows he has to die. I mean, he, the, the, that whole prophecy thing. And he... It's so distressing to see him like holding up that stone to power. To, oh, he fucking gets gets crushed. It is a, a powerful moment. Yeah, which is maybe not super earned considering that. I don't know. It's a, not a great movie, but uh, it is really kind of he he does his job in the end, and it's yeah. really cool. And, and it's good to it's really good to see that because he does ultimately help them storm the fortress. He's like the linchpin of the of, of the plan, and I, I I and I like you can't. You can't take that away from him. I, the movie I, managed an emotional beat. Yeah, we'll say that. Yeah. Most movies, when they do somebody getting crushed, they do like the heroic, like you go ahead and the boulders fall down on them. But this is like a slow, the doors are crushing you to death. Right. I was just like, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's really rough. rough. Yeah. yeah. And that, even trying to save him and pull out of it is just like, no, it's just less inevitable, this inevitability of him being totally crushed and his heroic oh. sacrifice. I, I also want to say, because we're getting into effects and stuff, I want to say the opposite of that is. The, the, you know, the, the great moment he finally uses the glaive, and it was, like, the dumbest thing I've ever... It, it would be like, it, it would be like if, if Luke Skywalker gets the lightsaber, uses it at the very end, but instead of using it, he, like, releases it, and then it, like, sword fights on its own. Like I'm gonna just, throw like, the thing at you, and then it won't come back, and it's not even... It's embedded in the bad guy's, like, flesh, and then it just kind of stays there, like, oh, I'm trying to get it back. Like, it doesn't look like it could... <laughs> You could probably, if you want to try hard, try harder, Glaive. How, do, how does he know that, like, oh, I'll, I'll throw the Glaive, and then it will hover in midair and act like a saw blade and cut through uh, the giant, like, plexiglass thing between me and my bride? And Again, yeah, the, yeah, the bride is kind of doing this thing of just like, oh. well, what's over here? Oh, but then there's this doorway. Oh, but what's over oh. here? No, I, I, all the, like, the weird shots they cut to her, and, like, the evil guy's like, you will be mine, and, like... They do like the weird. I kept feeling like, and like you know, meanwhile in the music video, it was with, with no music. It was like her running through these like weird, you know, colon passages, being pursued by the the monster. Uh, and then, and I like the, I like the eye though. That was kind of cool. And there's yeah. like the like there's so many scenes. Like we haven't even talked about the scene with the succubus that like attempt oh, to kill. Like really, there's so many like needless tiny little scenes. Is there anything else that we have not covered? Anybody crawl. anybody can think about for crawl. <laughs> Uh, Force Glaive? Kroll is, is not a good movie, no. and I feel bad for recommending it to be on this podcast, but uh, it is one of those movies that is it's, it's not good. It's perfect for this podcast. I would actually no. say, like, this is, a good, <laughs> this is a good party movie. This is like, put this on in the background, everyone's kind of drinking, because you can kind of sure. drift, you can drift in and out of the movie, like, oh, what's going on in Kroll now? Like, oh, he's, like, fighting a dude with, like, a laser sword. Like, oh, that's cool. It's like, hey, they're in a swamp, but for some reason the bag floats, but the people don't. <laughs> and then they're on these horses, man. <laughs> the horses are on fire. <laughs> what? I, I would say, I put, like, yeah, this is a movie that, like, don't pay too much attention. I think it's if, if you get a kick out of, like, you saw Lady Hawk and want to see, like, a worse movie, uh, watch this. <laughs> uh, Sabrina, what's your feeling? I don't know. I still kind of liked it. You got, you, even you, though it was weird. You feel satisfied being recrolled? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was an experience. I'm not even that mad about it. I mean, I'm sorry to talk over anybody, but like, it's it's not a bad movie. That's the weird thing about it. It's not bad. It's just like so 
The inspiration is from movies that are way better yes. than it. And if you've seen those movies, you don't need to see this one. Yeah. If the only movie you've ever seen in your life is Crawl, you're probably okay. But hopefully, <laughs> the, hopefully you're not that dumb. Yeah. I, I, w- I would say it's a movie that is not over or underwhelming. It is merely whelming. Yeah, it is it yeah. just like it is it is the kid that makes the C minus through all of its college courses just making its way through. It's just like, here's a movie. I did it. Yeah. It's fifty million dollars. Please please uh you're not gonna make it back, but give it to me anyways. Yeah, yeah. I think its box office was like fourteen million. So like, yeah. yeah. It was Ooh, someone yeah, someone's uh, tight, gonna be tightening some belts pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Well those pants were certainly tight enough. Mm, girl. Oh. girl. Hey, oh. yeah. <laughs> that like it was so it I it was so weird because he because he's got like seventies like he again he looks like a, he looks like he's training to be a member of the Bee Gees. Like I mean in a couple of years he'll have the full like Barry Gibb going on. But like in the meanwhile, like I'm gonna wear tight pants. I'm gonna have like I, I'm gonna have that like part in my hair that's like a right angle. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, man. That's, that's perfect. perfect. That's, that's a good. That's right. a good way to summarize it. I yeah. think. I mean, at least for me, when I was watching this film, I was the whole time. I because I also drifted in and out of consciousness as I was watching this film. Uh, I just felt I, I could be watching Lord of the Rings right now. I could be watching Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Lady Hawk, Rock, Dune. Anything, but I'm watching Crawl. And yeah, I don't know what, what decisions in my life brought me to this point. But <laughs> I didn't mind it. Like I, no, I, yeah, I felt I like it was an either. experience. It is an experience. It's not as crazy as Wizards, but it's Ugh. like not as good as like, you know, a different movie. So it's it's really in between. Okay, so in these in the span of the weird seventies to eighties uh like Ooh. fantasy that we have seen, does this rank above or below never ending story? I would actually put this above never I find this less frustrating than never ending story. Well never ending story has really like really rough kind of stuff in it, like the, the death of the horse and there's a lot of like really metasexual, like kind of postmodern stuff in uh in never ending story. This is a very simple fable. <laughs> Yeah. Which Star Wars, Star Wars is a very simple fable too, right. uh, and never Kroll uh, uh, is kind of a, a more like, you know, I don't want to say like a reduced, but you put Star Wars into a pot with water and you boil it down. It is Kroll uh, is a very very simple version of that. I, I would say I, I, no, I, would say I don't think Kroll. I don't think Kroll got the idea of what Star Wars is based on. <laughs> Star Wars is based on very like a long term kind of uh, mythology. Uh, stuff and it is very simple and very uh, affecting. Crawl was kind of based on Star Wars, which was based on other stuff, but Crawl was uh, not and didn't get what it was based on. So uh, in the end, it, it kind of didn't really work, but it's still fun to watch. Yeah, someone who didn't didn't they 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 like Star Wars, but they didn't, they can't they couldn't say why it was good. They just like oh, sure. we'll put in all these elements and it'll be a good movie, right? Exactly. Crawl, 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 crawl. <laughs> Even though nobody actually yells that in the movie, no. and it seems like the perfect thing to do. <laughs> the name is so weird. It's like this fantasy movie. Everyone, everyone is like, everyone is very you know human in seventies, but then it's like it's called Kroll. And like I, I thought like was Kroll, when I, I didn't before I saw the movie like is Kroll like the bad guy or is that like is that the name of the, what I, later was the glaive? It's like, like, it's no. like if in, if Independence Day was named Earth, yes, would that be at all effective? Like nobody gives a shit. Like. <laughs> Star, no, Wars is just, Star Wars is just called Alderaan. Yeah. yeah. Lord, of the, Lord of the Rings is just Middle Earth. Yeah. Middle Earth! I, 
actually want I want this to be like a law now. If you have a, a, a genre movie, you have to say the name of your planet as loud as possible from the main character. Just... I think I, I think the king or someone who could have done that as they died. Like, Cruel. I think it's, See, I think it's killed by a slayer. I, like, I, <laughs> if if we're going to enact that rule, I want to have it that in every movie somebody has to yell the name of the movie. Like I want to just to be like, it is the return of the king. Wow. <laughs> Ernest rides again. <laughs> das boot. Das boot. Yeah. That was the Jurgen Pachtra scene that was cut out of the movie. <laughs> but in that case, uh, what would be what would be the most ridiculous movie that that would happen in? Because I just want to see. Now you you said this. I want to see Blade. I want to see uh, Blade. You were just saying Blade. In the middle of the the fight with the uh, the the bad guy, like, <laughs> I want to see the worst movie for somebody to yell the name of the movie. And I feel like this is a really good like competition or uh, a question because now I just have the idea of uh, Wesley Snipes saying Blade, yelling Blade, the word Blade as loudly as possible when he's fighting Stephen North at the end of it. Just well, it's, it's like out of nowhere, out of nowhere. It's like if you've ever seen if you've ever seen the the movie A View to a Kill, like the James Bond one. It's always uh -huh. when they try to shoot when they try to shoehorn in in uh, when the name of the movie. There's some point when that where Grace Jones is looking again to tell you how weird uh, that movie is. Well, uh, the James Bond movies would all have a different kind of like octopusy. So, so in that movie, well, so in that movie, Grace Jones is looking out from their blimp over the Bay Area, and she's like. What a view. As one does. Yeah, as then, one does. What a view. And then David Bowie comes in. Or, uh, or sorry, David Bowie. It should be, It was going to be David Bowie, but it's actually uh, Christopher Walken. He comes in and he's like, to a kid. Octopussy? <laughs> it's so good. It was, it was originally going to be Bowie. And then they, like, and then Bowie's like, nah. And so they got Walken. Perfect. So if you want to see, like, well, if you want to see sexy karate between Grace Jones and Christopher Walken, you watch that movie. <laughs> Excellent. God, I'm, just, yes. I'm just trying to think of a James Bond, like the worst James Bond movie to, uh, if James Bond was to yell out the name of his movie. Thund Thunderball. Thunderball. <laughs> oh, man. Moonraker. Mm. Uh, just, yeah, imagine him just like, for what bad reason he would just yell out, Skyfall! Yeah, I have a license to kill! The people who listen to this uh, podcast, I want to hear about the most awkward movie to hear the main character yelling out the name of the movie at the climax of the movie. And I'm sure there are plenty of options. Uh, this is the kind of question I ask when I'm a little tipsy, but uh, I mean, yeah. It, yes. it would have been great for this movie because at the end of it, they're just kind of like, we're just going to feel. They're just going to feel like, oh, yeah, I guess we did it. If they'd all stood up and went like, crawl. Or, you know, you know you're watching, you're watching a, a movie cuts down Obi-Wan and Luke was watching him and just said <laughs> and runs away that's like, that, that's like the bad like Japanese dub of the movie and then and then at the very end I would like he would yell Star Wars and then the ghost of Obi-Wan would show up and just go and he is the new hope <laughs> all right and i think that's been the saturday friends club for this oh boy. week yes. for crawl we, we all got crawled this week 
<laughs> like super hardcore. All right. So hardcore. It's been fantastic. Matt, thank you for coming back. All right. Thank you for having me. I really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. Good to, good to have you on again. Uh, we will. Uh, all right. Go ahead. We uh, we talked about another movie that we uh, we were gonna do at some point, so maybe it'll be, be on again at some point soon. But uh, for now, Curl, I apologize for making everybody watch that movie. <laughs> Listen, but it's 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 you know honestly, it's not. Mm, I don't I don't want to say it's a bad movie. It's like I don't <laughs> feel it's a bad movie. I feel like it's like a movie I don't mind watching. It's dumb and uh, very much like it feels like a, a like a focus uh, group kind of movie but uh, how mm, it's not good I'm not gonna say it's good but it's fun to watch uh, I agree yeah yeah and Matt just so you feel you feel fine about this one of our longtime loved uh, movies is cool as ice the vanilla ice <laughs> movie so we, we we definitely delve into bad movies from time to time uh, that also no that's a great movie I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> down yes. by law down, yeah sex um putting ice cubes into people's mouths while oh, they wake up so yeah so hot <laughs> that that actually like in legit that might be one of the strangest scenes i've ever seen in a movie ever yeah it is it's pretty good all right so uh again matt thank you for coming on cool thank you very much for having me and uh yep yeah, first off thanks to the panel for coming in you're yeah. welcome you're, you're welcome you know i want to thank you guys because you come on over and you sit in this radio studio and we do we talk stuff. It's cool. You're welcome. You're, thanks. <laughs> all right. And I want to thank out to all of our wonderful listeners and all of our wonderful fans and the great people on Patreon that keep us going. I'll have the Patreon list up, but I will do it next episode. So you will hear your lovely names uh, spoken out to say how great you are because you are great people. Yeah. And you give us your money. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you can go over to Sat Friends Club Twitter. We are online at satfriendsclub.com. And uh, you can find us and favorite us and find us on the iTunes and wherever you want to pimp us out. We'd, we'd appreciate that. And with that, I think that takes care of it. Our next episode, we're going to be bringing in another one of our longtime friends. Dan is oh, going yeah. to return. And we're covering DuckTales. <laughs> I feel like we all I think we missed a beat there. <laughs> well, we'll 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 have to cover it in the next episode. So till then, uh we will go ahead and uh, leave you to your week. So uh go ahead. Sleep well everyone. Bye. Stay, stay frosty, Marines. <laughs>